0: This morning, um, I am blessed to introduce to you the speaker, Pastor Mike O'Brien. We appreciate him. Amen. He is a faithful man of God who loves God and uh, just is a good communicator. I appreciate him and his wife and their ministry, and we just bless you today, and we appreciate you. We open up our heart to hear the word of God. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Amen. Thank you. Thank you, Pastor, and thank you for the opportunity. We love getting the opportunity to break bread with you guys. Isn't it awesome to think when we come to church, God has literally downloaded a message for us, his people, um, to help us, and he knows exactly what you're going through. He knows exactly what you're dealing with, and so if we can come to church with that mindset, it's just going to develop a hunger to be here, not to come because we have to, not to come to check off some boxes um, in our religious area, but we come because we need to hear from him, don't we? We need God to change our families, we need God to transform us, and we just, in these coming days, God is just looking for a church that is, is coming and hungry for his presence, hungry for his word to transform and change us, because ultimately he wants to change the people around us. You know, you guys are in one of the greatest mission fields. Everywhere you work, there are people who need Jesus. And so when you can come and allow him to fill you to the point of overflowing, then when you go out into the work field this week, then that overflow feeds into other families. It feeds into other people. And so let's just go to the Lord in prayer and just ask him to open up our hearts to receive from him. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this. People are coming in with so much, but we know that you are our Heavenly Father who knows each and every one of our needs and our circumstances. And this morning as we open up your word to hear from it, Holy Spirit, may you come and help us to understand it. May you help us to apply it to our lives and to our um, daily situations and the things that we're going through. Father, we need you this morning. Open up our hearts right now. Bless the reading of your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Uh, if you are with me, we're going to be in the book of Numbers, the book of Numbers, chapter 15, and we're going to look at verses 37 through 41, and I've entitled this message, Spiritual Snap. That's the title of the message, and so how many drivers do we have out there? You know, as, a, as youth leaders... Uh, Tara, myself, Dave, and Rosita, we get excited when we hear that our youth have driver's license, but we also get a little nervous because we have new drivers on the road. But most and everyone in here at least drove here or were driven here. And SNAP is something that our economy has developed. What SNAP stands for is Sonic Nap Alert Patterns. You may not know what they are by by that name, but many of you have seen what they are. How many of you have driven on the highway, and you've kind of drifted a little bit, and all of a sudden your car started shaking a little violently, woke you up, and then you realized you were veering off of the road? Those are those little bumps that are along the highways to keep people alert. So other names for snap lines or wake-up calls. Snaps are a road safety feature to alert inattentive drivers of potential danger by causing a tactile vibration an audible rumbling transmitted through the wheels into the vehicle interior. A snap is applied along the direction of travel following an edge line or center line to alert drivers when they drift from their lane. Snap may also be installed in a series across the direction of travel to warn in favorable circumstances, rumble strips are effective and cost effective at reducing accidents due to inattention. And listen to this, the effectiveness of these SNAP systems is largely dependent on a wide and stable road road shoulder for a recovery. So what that means is they're even more helpful when there is space between the road, the SNAP system, and where you can recover. And that's important because of what we're going to be talking about this morning. Pastor spoke last week about your breakthrough, maybe being closer than you think and we're believing that there's going to be breakthrough in your individual families and breakthrough in our church. That's what we're believing for. Otherwise, what do we come in here for? We need to experience breakthrough in our lives. And so, but as Christians, what do we do in between the bondage and the promised land? What do we do when the breakthrough is not yet here? How do we live And as you can see, the times around us may be getting darker, but this is the greatest, I believe this is the greatest age for the church right now. And God wants to use the church to shine a light in our nation and in this globe for Jesus Christ. Amen? And we as individual believers want to make sure that we are ready to receive it and that we are in tune with the move of the Spirit. And so how do we do that? And I believe that the Word of God can put snap systems in our spiritual lives to keep us focused because let's be honest sometimes as Christians we can kind of lose a little attention we can kind of fall asleep at the wheel and I thank God that his word is those guardrails on the highway of life where when we begin to drift off the Holy Spirit puts his finger on things in our lives and alerts us to possible danger before the accident And so we need to learn how to develop these snap systems, these spiritual snap systems in our lives so that we can be a part of what God wants to do. I don't want to be a spectator in the revival. I don't want to be a spectator in the great awakening. We want to be a part of what God is doing. Amen? Amen. And so let's read through numbers and then I'm just going to share three things that the Lord spoke to my heart this week that will just help us develop these spiritual snap systems in our life. So Numbers 15, starting in verse 37, says this, The Lord said to Moses, Speak to the people of Israel and tell them to take, make tassels on the corners of their garments throughout their generations and to put a cord of blue on the tassel of each corner. And it shall be a tassel for you to look at and remember all the commandments of the Lord, to do them not to follow after your own heart and your own eyes, which you are inclined to whore after. So you shall remember and do all my commandments to be holy to your God. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt to be your God. I am the Lord your God. So three things that God spoke to me this week just as we were praying. One of my favorite times of prayer is the parents' prayer on Wednesday nights. It's just on Wednesday afternoons at noon. We encourage um, anyone who have children to, to come if you are able. And God, his presence is just there. It's like as soon as people come in. And so we were in there just praying and, and you could just sense God's presence. And he just gave me these three words. He said, in my presence, I'm going to realign, I'm going to refocus, and I'm going to redirect. Our thoughts, our ways, and our vision. And I just, I had to write that down in my notes because I just felt it so clear in my spirit. And I want to talk about those three words in reference to these scriptures. So verse 37, it says, The Lord said to Moses, speak to the people of Israel and tell them to make tassels on the corners of their garments throughout their generations and to put a cord of blue on the tassel of each corner. So the first word that God wants to do in his presence is he wants to realign our thoughts. He wants to realign That word, that definition for realign is to change or put back to a new or former place or position. That's what it means. Realign means to change or put back to a new or former place or position. So in order to realign, you must have to, something must be broken and it needs to be fixed. And so, you know, I came, I grew up in uh, Western Mass, outside of the city of Springfield. I always tell people I'm from Springfield because uh, no one's ever heard of the town I actually grew up in, which is East Longmeadow. Um, But East Longmeadow is a nice quiet town, Uh, crime rate is really low. One of the greatest things that they actually have a strength is, is their roads. They have one of the best road crews in the winter. It's unbelievable. It's like if you, you could get a snowstorm and you wake up and you go to work and it's like the snow never fell. They just have an amazing system in place where they clear the roads. And you know, Springfield is, is not as good and we always joke because if you could close your eyes while you're driving, you could tell when you've gone from East Longmeadow to Springfield because you'll go from nice smooth roads and then all of a sudden it's like you're off-roading because they don't keep up with the roads. And so growing up in East Longmeadow, Um, One of the cars I had, one of my favorite cars was a Toyota Avalon, which was uh, given as a gift. And I loved that car because it was made for smooth roads. And so I rarely ever had to get alignments until I moved to Providence. (laughs) And not all the areas are bad, but where we were living, the roads weren't that good. And I remember the first year, I had to get like three alignments. And I was so frustrated because there's nothing you could do but I had to keep bringing my car back. But how many of you know when you're driving and something is off with your alignment, you can tell. You, you kind of have to judge and, and, and you can feel a little shaking. And so in the way in our spiritual lives, sometimes things happen in life. I remember one time we were driving my car, we hit a pothole. It was so big that Tara just began screaming. I've never, it was like, I looked over, I said, what are you doing? Like, But it was huge. It was like I could feel my car was never going to be the same after that pothole, and it came out of nowhere. We're driving, and then just, bam, she starts screaming, and I'm praying that the, the wheel is still on the car. But I remember after that moment, I could tell something was different about the car. So what is an alignment? An alignment is when you go to the mechanic, it's the mechanic putting your wheels back to their former position. And if you don't do this, it will actually cause further damage to your vehicle. Sometimes we ignore the warning signs, the shaking, because we think it'll just fix itself, or we think, I don't have the money, or I don't trust my mechanic, or I don't have time. But if we don't allow that alignment to get fixed, it's gonna cause further damage in our life. And in the same way in life, things happen to us. People can do things to us, people can say things to us, almost like spiritual potholes that cause uh, uh, the alignment to go off. And what it does is it, it, it forces us to think about God differently, to think about people differently. And if we don't get into the presence of God and allow him to realign our thoughts or realign to what he wants, then it can cause further damage, not to just us, but if we're, we're parents, it can cause damage to our children. It can cause damage in the workplaces, the people that we are around. And so Jesus came to realign. He came to put things back to the former position. And we want to be a part of that. But there is involvement in the life of a believer. So let's go to the scripture. So the Lord is speaking to Moses. In this season right now, the people of Israel were brought out of slavery. And that's a good thing, right? They're brought out of slavery, but they're not quite in the promised land yet. And many of us in our breakthroughs, God may have done a breakthrough to get us out of something, but we aren't yet in the promised land experiencing that breakthrough, experiencing the freedom that comes with that. And so what do we do? We have to allow God to realign our thoughts because the enemy in that process, pastor mentioned it last week, there's a process. We don't like to be in the process, do we? But it's in the process that I truly believe God draws even closer than even in the the, uh, moment of delivery. I believe it's that process from God bringing us out of something before he brings us into the new thing that he draws closer and uses that as a way to bring us near to him. Amen? Amen. And so the Lord spoke to Moses. He said, I want you to tell the people this because God, did you know that God knows us better than we know ourselves? He knows that we will forget. He knows that we are inclined to to fall asleep at the wheel, so to speak. And so he says, I want you to do something to help the people remember, to realign their thoughts. He says, speak to the people of Israel and tell them to make tassels on the corner of their garments. And then he says, throughout their generation. God has already done the hard work, but I like how he includes us in the process. He brings us in. There's something that we have to get involved in. If we want to see breakthrough in our lives, we don't just sit back and put it on cruise control. There's, there's things in our lives that we have to do to kind of realign with what God wants to do. Amen? Amen. Amen? Snaps not only protect the driver in the car, they protect us from veering into oncoming traffic and harming other people. And that's important. Throughout generations, we need to realign our lives, our thinking, and the manner of which we conduct ourselves because it doesn't just affect us. What I love is this imagery of God saying, I want you to put tassels on the corners of your garment. It wasn't just one little spot. It was in areas all around. And what he wanted it to be used for is a reminder. He wanted to mark his children and give them a reminder of who they were in the season in the desert In the process, sometimes we can lose our identity in that process. When we aren't living in the freedom that we want to live in, but we know God has brought us out of something, it is in that moment that the enemy wants to come in and he wants to steal, kill, and destroy things in our lives. So God is telling the people, I want you to do something. I want you to get involved. And I want you to put these things on the corner of your garments so that when you look at them, it'll be a remembrance of what you are doing. And it'll also be a remembrance of not falling into sin. And he says, and to put a cord of blue on the tassel of each corner. So blue was described a lot to holiness. The Ark of the Covenant was covered with a blue cloth. The blue curtains were adorned the tabernacle. And blue was in the high priest's garments. So basically, blue was full of holy reminders. It was there to mark us and remind us of who we belonged to. God's ultimate plan is to realign or restore things back to the former. Amen? Sin came into the garden. It fractured what God did. But he already put in a plan of action in Jesus Christ to realign that. We as believers are awaiting that day. We're awaiting for God to bring that ultimate realignment. But until then, God wants to realign things in our own lives individually here on earth. Amen? Amen. Something that's interesting about the human heart is... God can give us things to do, but sometimes as humans, we take them and we do what we want with them. And so even humans fractured this many years later. Jesus spoke of this in Matthew 23, 5, when he talked about the Pharisees. He says, look what they said. He said in verse 5, they do all their deeds to be seen by others, for they make their phylacteries broad and their fringes long. What we have to understand is human pride can seep in as it did to the Pharisees, and they took the law and they abused it to show off their spirituality. We aren't so far from the Pharisees. We have to be careful that when God is giving us something to do, the tassels were not for people to look at and to adorn. The tassels were for the individual to be a reminder of who they were. But what these Pharisees did is, phylacteries were boxes that... that they were small leather boxes containing Hebrew texts. and they were worn by Jewish men during morning prayers as a reminder to keep the law. So when they would broaden them, it's like they wanted people to see their spirituality. And that's not what it's about. And unfortunately, when we do that, we miss out on the heart of God, and we miss out what he wants us to do. They would, they would lengthen the, the, the tassels. So wherever they walked, people would look and say, wow, look how spiritual they are. You know, one of the reasons why I got off of social media was my own personal things, the pride in my own life, things that I was getting frustrated with. Once in a while, I'll still go back on, and you just have to love those pictures. And many of you know who those people are. They'll take a picture of themselves doing their devotions. They get the book that they're reading just at the right angle. You know, it's not just a quick picture. They know exactly what they're doing. They've got to get the angle of the Bible. They've got to get the angle of the blanket that they're wearing. And then they post it. And sometimes I look, I'm like, what are you doing? Like, just do your devotions. You don't need to tell everybody that you're doing it. I know people who love to go live, and and they like to tell people that they're on prayer walks. It's like, it's social media. If you want to do that to get people to know, that's fine, but just do your prayer. Do your devotions. You don't need to open it up to the whole world for everyone to see. Doesn't that annoy you? Is it just me? I don't even have social media, and it still annoys me. But sometimes we aren't as far away from the Pharisees. It's not about letting people know how spiritual you are. We have to allow the word of God in our lives and we have to pray and ask the Holy Spirit, what reminders can we put in our lives? What snap systems can we lay down so that when we begin to veer off, it's an awakening for us, not for other people? My wedding ring right here is a reminder that I am married to somebody. And unfortunately, we have people who are not faithful. And what happens is there's a music video called A Slow Fade by Casting Crowns. It was an old song, but what a powerful music video. And one of the people in it was unfaithful, and what he did is he took his ring off whenever he went on his business trips. The ring was a reminder, and he knew that if he was going to walk into sin, that I need to take this off because this is going to be convicting. That's the point of no return in that sin. That's where we continue to veer off from those snap systems in life and destruction is always at the other end. We do not want to fall into that place of recovery. Sometimes in life we do and maybe there has been sin in your life. I know that there's been sin in my life and I thank God that Jesus is a God that redeems situations, amen? How many of you grateful for God's redemption in your life? There's forgiveness, there's grace, but there still are consequences if we don't listen to God those spiritual snap systems in our lives where God is putting his finger on those areas. May God individually this morning give us something in our lives to be a reminder of who we are, but also a reminder that we don't fall into sin. Amen? Amen. The effectiveness of the shoulder snap system is largely dependent on a wide and stable rolled shoulder for recovery. Thank God for recovery. We have an amazing ministry By Gary and Stacy, that is going amazing every Tuesday at 7 o'clock. And so many people are taking advantage. And I love the name. It's Celebrate Recovery. We're a church that celebrates recovery. We know in life that people are going to veer off. We understand that things in life will happen. But we have a God who gives us a process to get back on the road. And he recovers and restores things that the enemy wants to take away. Amen? Amen? So number one, God wants to realign in his presence, number two, God wants to refocus us. God wants to refocus us. Refocus, the definition for this is to direct one's attention or efforts. So it's not just about directing attention, it's directing efforts. It's directing things that we do. Because how many of you know we're called to be believers? We're called to be Christ-like. And sometimes in life when the enemy comes in and he, and he steals and he takes things away, we find ourselves doing things that aren't kingdom-minded. And so God wants to refocus our efforts for kingdom-building things because it's about salvation. It's about souls, isn't it? Verse 39 says, And it shall be a tassel for you to look at and remember all the commandments of the Lord, to do them, not to follow after your own heart and your own eyes, which you are inclined to whore after. So many of you know I wear contacts. And so I recently went to an appointment uh, about a month ago month ago, to get a new prescription. So the past few years, the past 10 years, my prescription has never changed. And so when I went to my eye doctor place, I love my eye doctor as well, I go in and I find out he's on vacation. So of course in my head I'm like, great, I'm going to get the secondary doctor, I'm going to get the, the, the one who just started out, the one who's you know, doing an internship. And so this doctor comes in and he goes over everything, he tests my eyes, and um, he looks at my vision, he goes, you know, we could change your prescription if you want. And in my head, I'm like, oh boy. I said, I don't want to, I don't like change. Anyone in here like change? I'm not a huge fan of change. But because he's a doctor and he was very knowledgeable, I said, he said, if we change it to this number, he said, your vision is going to be sharper. And I'm like, well, didn't you just test my vision? You just said it was 2020. And he said, well, this will help you see things even further. And I'm like, all right, we'll change it. So he changed the prescription, wrote it out, went on 1-800-CONTACTS, put my new prescription in, got the contacts in the mail, and I put them in my eyes, and I noticed something was different. Every time I I would look in far places, it was like I felt like the contacts were almost like squeezing my eye. They were straining them. And it was even worse when I was looking up close. And so I'm wrestling with this, what is going on? then I start to think, okay, I am getting a little older. Is this what happens? You know, are my eyes just trying to adjust to this new prescription? And so I didn't call. I just kept wearing them, and it kept getting worse. And finally, I called the eye doctor's place, and I said, can I get my doctor? I said, I'm experiencing a lot of strain and all these symptoms. So they set an appointment, and I just went to it last Friday. And so my regular doctor was there. Thank you, Jesus. And he came in, and he just began asking, what, what do you see is happening? What's, what are you feeling? And so I began to tell him, what my eyes were doing. And so he begins to explain and um, that, obviously, when you get a little older, your eyes are affected, and I'm thinking, oh, boy, so it wasn't the contacts. But then when he looked at the number, he goes, it's the contacts. He goes, this is way too strong. So he goes out, he comes back in, he brings in uh, another set of contacts. He said, put these in your eyes. So I put them in my eyes, and immediately there was relief. Immediately I could see far, I could see near, there was no more strain, that, that pressure was gone. And so he said, I'm going to give you another set. I want you to to live in these for a while. And if you like them, send me a text and this will be your new prescription. And it changed. When I left the doctors, it was so different. I walked in having strain, having pressure, having frustration, and I left feeling free. I was able to see clearly And in the same way, when God develops these spiritual snap systems in our life, when he causes us to refocus, it takes away a lot of the strain. Because when we take focus off of God or take focus off of the purpose in our lives, things come in our lives that cause strain, that cause pressure. I'm not saying that as a believer you are not going to experience those things. But when we begin to veer away from God's will in our life, there are outward things that begin to affect our physical and spiritual bodies. And what God's purpose is, is he wants to refocus ourselves as individuals, and he wants to refocus our efforts, and we need that. He mentions something else in this text. He says, and it shall be a tassel for you to look at and remember all the commandments of the Lord, but look what he says, to do them, not to follow after your own heart and your own eyes, which you are inclined to whore after. We just said and agreed that Jesus knows us better than he knows that we know ourselves, right? Right? Look what Jeremiah 17, verses 9 through 10a says. It says, The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick. Who can understand it? I, the Lord, search the heart. You know what that word deceitful means? It means sly, crooked, or polluted. Sly, crooked, or polluted. Any of you ever take a nice drive through Providence and you roll your windows down to get a nice uh, fresh air coming into your car and you drive through certain areas and it's anything but fresh air? You're getting the smell of of marijuana, of pollution, of smog, all this stuff filling into your car. What God is saying is the heart is polluted. It's sick. Desperately sick means frail, weak, and incurable. Feinberg, who was a commentator, said this about the heart. He said, in the Old Testament usage, the heart signifies the total inner being and includes reason. From the heart come action and will. What I love was that David was a man after God's heart. He wasn't a man after his own heart. We have to be after the heart of God. But our hearts can, we, can incline us to see things, and it can mess with our emotions and our will. And we say, oh, he has a good heart, or they have a good heart. But according to Scripture, no one has a good heart. We have to be after the heart of God, and we have to allow the Holy Spirit to come in and transform our heart, to refocus it on the things of him. Amen? Amen? We have to look at what God represents, what he calls holy, and what he calls good. There is an expression out there called, listen to your heart. This doesn't work with a heart that is sick and desperately evil. We need God's truth, and it has to be our focus. His truth has to be our focus. There are things in between the bondage and the breakthrough that the enemy wants to veer away and he will use our heart, he will use our will to divert us from what God wants in our lives. We can't look to our own hearts. We can't. We have to look at truth and God's word is truth. He's saying, look at my commandments. Do them. So how do we do that? We put reminders in our lives of the Holy Spirit to remind us in those seasons where it seems like things might be really good, but we have to be after God's heart. It's in relationships. Boys and girls out there who are looking for a relationship, the heart can mess you up if it's not aligned with what God wants. We have to be patient. In our workplaces, we may want that higher position. We we, we may want that higher pay. But don't let your heart get in the way of what God wants in his timing. Amen? Amen. Amen. We had a um, youth leader at one of the ministries where... um, Tara and I were youth pastors. He was big into mountain biking, and he took our youth group one time to the trails where he would ride his bikes, and he, we walked it. And some of it was very narrow. And what he would tell us is when you were on the bike, you go where you look. He said, you go where you look. And so when you get to areas where you're, you're thinking, you're looking ahead at what might be an obstacle, if you look that way too fast, your bike and your body will, pra- will literally turn that way, and you can fall off. You can cause damage to the bike and damage to yourself. We have to focus on God's word and God's law. Amen? So in God's presence, he wants to realign. He wants to refocus. And lastly, I'm going to have the worship team, if you guys can come back up, because we just want to pray these words over our church as we go about our weeks. But the third and final word is God wants to redirect. God wants to redirect. Redirect literally means this, to change the direction or focus of. To change the direction. Look what the text goes on to say in verse 40. So you shall remember and do all my commandments and be holy to your God. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt to be your God. I am the Lord your God. Don't you love the reminders of God telling us who he is? He's telling us we need to put these things on our corners so that we can be reminded of who God is. We forget who God is in our life. It's easy to, to worship God and to celebrate when things are going good. It's, it's easy when we're in the promised land, isn't it? But when we are waiting for that breakthrough, when we're going through those things where we're feeling the, the, the enemy and the pressure of life, We can forget that God is in control. We can forget that he's sovereign. And what he's telling the Israelites is, I have already told you I have a promised land for you. A land flowing with milk and honey. But on the journey, I know that you will be intense on trying to turn away and go back. And we have to allow the Holy Spirit to redirect us when we deviate from where we're supposed to be going. When God takes us out of our sin and slavery, there are times where we want to return to that lifestyle. Because sometimes, we, because we haven't experienced our, great, our breakthrough, we think back and think, well, it wasn't so bad. But we forget the bondages that we were in. We forget how it affected our families. We forget how it affected our relationships. And so we are prone to, to turn and redirect and go back into things of the past. But we have to keep moving forward we have to allow the holy spirit to put those spiritual snaps in our lives to redirect us sometimes we think the commandments were created to take the fun out of life no the commandments were created to keep us from going back to egypt it was to keep them from going back to slavery because we forget They they forgot the whips on their back. They forgot the lack of food. They forgot how it affected their families. They forgot the, the, the oppression of the Egyptians. Because even in Numbers 14, just a chapter before, look what the Israelites said. Why is the Lord bringing us into this land to fall by the sword? Our wives and our little ones will become a prey. Would it not be better for us to go back to Egypt? And they said to one another, let us choose a leader and go back to Egypt. How can God's people even speak that? He gave them an amazing leader in Moses. And what did they say? Let's get a new leader and let's go back to our past. We can do that in our own lives even now. We can push out the vision that pastor has spoken over this church, the teachings that he brings us, and we could say, you know what, I want to go back to my past. And we have people who do that. They, they stop coming to church. They don't, they're not involved in a life group. And what happens is the enemy comes in. And we have to get back into the presence of God so that he can realign and refocus and redirect us. You know, we can always turn back to God. Always. In conclusion, Ephesians 1, 13 through 14 says this, In him you also... When you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, you were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance, until we acquire possession of it, to the praise of his glory, until we acquire possession of it. We are waiting for that ultimate realignment, when Jesus comes back and makes all things new. We're waiting for that. But until then, there are things in our lives that God does want to realign in our lives and refocus us to and redirect to. Can you stand this morning with me as we pray? We are marked with a seal. Isn't that awesome? We are marked. We are his. We are in his family. And with that comes a spiritual inheritance. We are adopted into his family. That word guarantee literally means it's a down payment. It's used only in the New Testament of the Holy Spirit. He is our only down payment of the coming glory. Nothing else is provided or needed until the redemption of the purchased possession. We have this guarantee until we are completely purchased by God through resurrection and glorification. We wanna pray this morning and just pray these words. These altars will be open if you do need to come and just need prayer. Maybe you need to say, you know what? I do need to realign my thinking and my thoughts right now. I do need to refocus. I need God to change the prescription of my spiritual contact lenses, so to speak. And maybe you're here and you have been walking in the different direction. Maybe it's not all the way behind, but maybe you veered off a little bit. And if you need God to realign and redirect your steps, he will do that by his Holy Spirit, amen? Before I pray, the question is, what do we do when you've been brought out of Egypt and the desert journey has taken a lot out of you and we are not yet in the promised land? We allow the Holy Spirit to put things on us to be a reminder when it gets really, really hard that we are His, that He is sovereign, and that He is leading us even through the wilderness. I don't want to go back to Egypt. I know what it's like to be taken out of something bad. I remember when my brother and I, we got taken out of abusive situation at age four, age between ages four and five. We were taken away from our family because there was so much abuse and so much damage that was done. And I remember we were put into a foster home. We weren't adopted yet, but the process was there. We didn't know it, but I remember we were sitting in a house that wasn't ours, there was a house with other kids, and my mom would come up when we would have to go back to that place of abuse. And I remember I would hide under the bed because I didn't want to go back. And she would come and she would lay on her stomach and she would tell me, the process is happening. God is moving. This won't always be. And sometimes we get taken out of the abuse, but we're not yet in that place of adoption. But God is still working. There's a process that's happening. And in that process, God is healing. God is working. He's positioning people in our lives that can walk with us, that can help us stay the course. Amen? Amen. Heavenly Father, we pray this morning that we as a church would have no desire to go back to Egypt. Holy Spirit, we just ask that you would put spiritual tassels, snap systems in our life to keep this church, to keep every family on the road that you have placed us, the purposes that you have given us. And God, if we veer off, help us to look at the things in our lives, to look at your truth, not at our own heart, but to look at your truth to be a reminder of what you've called us to live in and called us to live like. Father, help us to look to your holiness, not to our own. We thank you for sending Jesus. And God, I pray right now, if there's anyone in this church that needs a realignment, if there's anyone in this church that needs a refocus, and if there's anyone in this church that needs to be redirected, Holy Spirit, begin to do a work in their lives right now. We will not go back to Egypt. We will not go back to slavery. We will not go back to the place of oppression. We will walk forward into the land that you've called us to. And we will await that final, ultimate destination of glory with you. And until then, God, Holy Spirit, we are asking that you come in and keep our eyes fixed on you. Keep our eyes fixed on your truth this morning. Deliver us, God, from our past. Deliver us from the past events that have caused us to look at you differently, oh God reshape our thinking this morning, transform us, God, and renew us. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen and amen. God bless you. Have an awesome week. We'll see you in life groups on Wednesday night. These altars will be open if you do need some prayer and you just want to reflect, but God bless.